0: Hello, and welcome to Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County This Week.
1: Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications. Joining us now on the program from uh, the Peace River Center, he is the Director of Crisis Response Services and Professional Development, and he has a lot of letters after his name, Kirk (laughs) Fassauer. Uh, Kirk, tell us what all these letters mean.
2: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Well, uh, some of the letters mean... LCSW. LCSW is Licensed Clinical Social Worker. Okay. I got my degree from Rutgers University in oh, New Jersey.
1: Mm-hmm. My cousins went there. Oh, Both oh, my really? boy cousins.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Go Jersey. Charlotte Knights. Yep, yeah. Scott, and, Scott and Steve. Nice,
2: nice. Yes. And the FT, uh, a lot of people joke with me about that because they think, oh, that stands for full-time. <laughs> no. ah! But it doesn't. It's field traumatology. Oh, wow. Okay. Says specialize in trauma. In the field. Uh, in the field, especially, because I've done some work in uh, disaster behavioral health, and that's... Afforded oh. me some world travel as a result of that. That's Is this cool. how okay.
1: people react after they've gone through a disaster? Correct. Okay. Correct. So, yeah, uh, so that can be very traumatized.
2: I would go out after a, a major disaster situation and I've seen bits and pieces of the world mm. in bits and pieces. Mm. Ooh. And so uh, there's some places I'd love to go back to. I, I went over to Sri Lanka back in 2005 when the tsunami hit and I was over there for a month Yeah. Uh, working with folks there. Uh, and uh, working in that community, and if if any of you remember that, was that uh, the
1: same like, like the one that uh, impacted Japan and Indonesia? And yes. Yeah. 2005. Wow, that long ago. Large. That Can't whole large.
2: Yeah. yeah mm. Exactly. Um, not Japan. It was just the. Uh, 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 well, I think coast. of
1: the. Uh, well, what was the 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 it, one that I guess destroyed the Fukushima reactor? Right. Yeah. I
2: almost went on that one, but my mm. wife said no. <laughs> She didn't want me to come
0: back. I can't go. I, I'm gonna go run. You will
2: glow, <laughs> exactly. and I don't want radiation in my house.
0: I'm
1: just gonna run to Chernobyl. Right, I'll be not back. gonna
2: happen. So I. She was probably smart. The only time she's <laughs> ever told me no, so uh, I was like, okay, thank you. That's I, funny. I'll, I'll honor that. There you go. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would go into those areas and, and work with folks on mm-hmm. the the trauma they've just experienced, and, and start to work towards mitigating it. It's mm-hmm. not it's not gonna take care of it right away, but it's over time. Um,
1: now, something like that uh, where the trauma is obvious and it's obvious where the trauma comes from. Correct. Um, other times, it's not. Yes. Um, when you – the people that you deal with. In fact, one of the uh, – uh, well, I guess the main factor when um, law enforcement is uh, called out to somebody who may be having a psychotic episode um, is to find out if they are either a danger to themselves or to someone else. Correct. Um, a lot of times these people are – having suicidal ideation, and uh, I, I guess when they get to you, uh, if they get Bay corrected, and then you have the opportunity, or, or your staff, to, to uh, work with them and try to figure out what's going on. Um, right. It's not probably not as easy as going to a place that just you know, suffered an earthquake, and you know why these people are feeling the way they are.
2: Right. For a number of reasons, it becomes a challenge because they may not make that connection, Mm -hmm. Um, the the folks are a little bit more immediate in focus so they may have forgotten the a tragedy that happened in their past or they don't want to talk about it it's just too sensitive for them so they've denied it and and repressed it pushed it down so uh, they put it way in the back and it's like well this isn't connected to that but eventually when you start talking with them and start to peel the onion, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you get down and down into those layers, and you you figure out, here's the sensitive spot, right? and that opens up a whole uh, uh, set of issues that they can address, and for many, it's an opportunity to realize, wow, how much that one incident impacted the rest of their lives, Uh, and in various ways, in relationships, in work relationships, and, and just the way they treat themselves even uh, and so that actually begins the the layer of work that that takes place in uh, in therapy, yeah, well, and no, you there? know
0: that's not the Go only ahead. I mean, there's trauma I think that we experience on a regular basis that people don't realize, like for instance, today, <laughs> with <laughs> Austin, so it's very traumatic for a parent to send their child off to school somewhere you know, in this day and age with, with the school shootings and stuff like that, it's, it's stressful for us, I think. And I don't think people realize that. And even in a situation like I have today, Austin's been sick over the weekend. Um, he he was sick since Thursday, but yesterday he was feeling better. He was feeling good today. I was like, okay, you're going to go to school. And then he had, he just had a breakdown on me. Because he doesn't feel well. And I get okay. that he doesn't feel good. He still has a runny nose and everything. But he has not, not had the fever. And he's missed so many days of school, I feel compelled to send him. But at the same time, I'm struggling with, is he really sick? Is he is he over-exaggerating it? What do I do? And mm-hmm. as a parent, that's stressful. And that's... yeah
2: affecting me because <laughs> yeah. i can't focus so, i can't right so you, you want to address his his needs right you know and and make sure he's comfortable and yeah physical illness can really drain you overall and then you just don't have the energy not only physically but mentally to address anything uh in your life at that yeah. moment it's like i just need a break uh, and you uh, you allow for that break and you've got a understand yet as a parent it's stressful these days and going to school as you mentioned mm. yeah. is, even for him you know it's very stressful. traumatic because yeah. he
0: the first thing he told me when he started this new school he's in middle school was that I don't want to go to school because I'm afraid I'm going to get shot
2: yeah that's mm. a unfortunate reality of mm-hmm. our time mm. um, for many kids and, and mm. a lot of uh, adults kind of poo-poo it is Thinking, oh, they're just kids; they don't understand. But they but, do. But they do. They very much do, and they talk about it. And they may not be talking about it with adults; they're talking about it amongst themselves because mm-hmm. uh, they need to. They need mm-hmm. to address it somehow. And this whole uh, catastrophizing, uh, where you make small things worse than they are, uh, and exaggerate the the impact. This is, this is something that they see on the news day mm-hmm. in and day out because we're hearing lots and lots about shootings mm. in general. Right. Um, and so that creates additional stress, and then you're sending them off from their safe place, which mm-hmm. is home, to a place that's not so safe anymore. And so that creates additional worry. And then that impacts grades and uh, socialization and how they interact with teachers. Mm-hmm. And that comes out in behavioral ways they Mm -hmm. they scream they yell they throw things they they uh lash out physically even um now those are the ones that show it Mm -hmm. the ones you also have to watch out for are the ones that keep it inside Mm. and don't talk about it and isolate from others Mm -hmm. um and really disengage
0: yeah same thing with the officers that don't want to talk about it and they don't want to address it and they got to peel back the onion yeah Yep, exactly.
1: Well, all right. We're uh, talking with Kirk Fassauer from Peace River Center, and uh, it is your uh, monthly mental health checkup. Thank you for tuning in. Len and Laurie-Ann here with you, and we're here with uh, Kirk Fassauer from the Peace River Center. He is the Director of Crisis Response Services and uh, Professional Development. Now, uh, I was telling Laurie earlier on in the show that uh, I was looking at some uh, articles and watching some videos on the YouTube and trying to self-diagnose uh, um <laughs> Uh, and she told me I should leave it up to the professionals.
0: Yes, I definitely uh, think you leave it up to the professionals. You should not be
1: self-diagnosing. Uh, correct. I think I have, uh, uh, what is it? uh Borderline, b- borderline personality disorder and um, probably I'm bipolar and uh, I, I don't know what else. But uh, a lot of things. Um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, you going to um, – crisis areas and, uh, helping people out with the trauma that they've experienced. And then, uh, how that translates to helping people here that come in, uh, that maybe are brought in, not of their own will. Right. And, right. And, uh, so you have these people and you have to try to get to the bottom, uh, of what is causing them to feel the way that they're feeling. Uh, do you ever run into cases where someone, for example, I, I will just say, um, uh, Somebody idolized Robin Williams, for example,
2: uh-huh.
1: and then Robin Williams took his own life. Yeah, Correct. or Kurt Cobain, or yep. Chris, uh, Chris Cornell, or Chester Pennington, or any of these uh, celebrities that uh, ended up taking their own lives, um, and people might think, well gosh, if it wasn't good enough for them, they had everything you know come you know they're looking at right. it from their perspective right, exactly These people had everything exactly. for- fame and fortune and you know adoring fans, all of it and that wasn't enough for them to want to keep living. Yeah. so what do you tell somebody who maybe feels that way?
2: Well, that many there are many different things. Uh, one of the things that I do when when talking with somebody especially on our, our crisis line, Mm-hmm. Is we 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 try to look for that one thing of value that they have in their life. Doesn't matter how small, and really try to build on that um, mm-hmm. because that means something to them. And the the point you bring up with regard to celebrities and the fact that that highlights and sometimes memorializes and romanticizes right, the and issue of suicide. Right, and so um, it, it's not a. It's not one of those things we, we want to do that with. But in the same time, we want to celebrate the life that that person had beforehand and not just remember them for the final act, mm-hmm. um, which is often tragic. Right. And and it does create what you're referring to as uh, copycat yes. uh, suicides. Mm. The The thought of suicide is already there for that person. And then they've got this person they've idolized mm. who... Follows through, follows through, and and uh, dies by suicide. Right. So, I
1: mean, I know actually an example where a friend uh, that I worked with uh, committed suicide, and uh, I, one of the last things he said, reportedly, um, mm. it, because his grandfather had committed suicide. Mm. That's right. And yeah. one of the last things he he told the guy he was on the phone with was, uh, if it was good enough for Pap Pap, it's good enough for me. Yeah. So yeah. you know.
2: It, it, it's unfortunate, and and families that have. Uh, a death by suicide in them, it raises the risk level for everybody else in that in that mm. family. And the the point that you you bring up that if hey if it was good for Pat pap it's good for me yeah was really how I came to terms with that particular statistic because, um, for me early in my career I'm thinking why why would it be higher I would I would be looking at my other family members and seeing how uh, horrible and emotionally draining it was to see the loss of a loved one due to suicide, Mm. why would that be a high risk for us? And uh, having done some work uh, to raise awareness in the state and going to Tallahassee many times, I've uh, met a a mother who lost her 16 year old daughter to suicide Mm. and she really helped me come to terms with kind of understanding that. And she said exactly what you said. Mm. It's, it's an, most of us go through life, and we struggle with what seems insurmountable problems, and we, we plow on, we, we, we get through, and we have a support system in place. Right. For those that have had a death by suicide in their family, it becomes an option. Mm, um, I see what you're saying. Because mm. if it's good enough for BapBap, BAP, right. it's good enough mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and, and for me, it took me a while to kind of let that sink in when she told me that, and it was like... Man, that makes it, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when you've got an idolization of a celebrity who goes down that road and dies by suicide, it then creates the permission, if you will, right. uh, that uh, this is okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Yeah. Yeah. It opens um, the window it, for a lot of us. That's not an option. We don't even. We don't even think of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Correct. Correct. And if it's already there, it's it's right. there. Right. And so one of the myths about suicide is that if you talk about it, it puts the idea in somebody's head. Yeah. And that is mm. not the true. biggest myth of all.
1: Some great information. You know. It is very good to know. And uh, like I said, every month we'll be uh, having this segment the second Monday of each month at 8 uh, o'clock. It's your mental health checkup. And Dr. Bruce Anderson from Florida Southern College also here. Uh, Dr. Bruce, uh, there are so uh, many things we could talk about. I We're know,
3: I know. Uh, We're running, running over them uh, during the break. And, yeah,
1: I mean, conflict in the Middle East. Oh my gosh, Of course, the speaker. Well, yeah, a lot more. Than it, that. I don't know. Arabs, Arabs and Jews have been fighting for millennia.
3: Um, actually, everybody has been yeah. fighting yeah. Uh, for millennia, and that doesn't make this, you know, any less. No, in, I'm, I'm know, not
1: saying that. I'm just saying it. it I don't know it. it that's
3: a horrendous yeah. event I mean, this yeah. is an act of terror on on the you know on the scale of 9/11 um, more so uh, if you'd think of just in terms of the number of people who have died mm. um, the, the, the 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 problematic aspect here of course is that you know if uh, the uh, Israeli state decides to crush Hamas they are Probably in a position where they' you know some of the hostages that have been taken are probably not going to make it mm. uh, you have a humanitarian crisis in Gaza of people that are not connected to Hamas that mm. are trying to live their little lives there. Yeah. and um you know the hospitals are shutting down because they don't have uh, yeah, they any shut down the power but you have to you have to seal the place up because mm. you know the you know it, you, you can't let you can't let Hamas out of there again I mean. I don't know. I went to a uh, an event here in Lakeland last night that I think was, uh, you know, was was really positive. And it was no. over at Temple Emanuel. Uh, Rabbi Goldstein oh. had put together a uh, an event. Clergy from all over the county were there. Um, a lot of politicians were there, of course, mm-hmm. as they always show up for these things. Oh, yeah. But the thing that really impressed me was just the, the number of, you know, just Lakelanders that turned mm. up to say, hey, you know, we, we, we are— we are supporting you. We understand your pain. We understand what's going on here. Um, and we may not understand it in a deep way that you must, but um, we're, we're here to, uh, to to lend a hand and to be there for you. So well, And
1: they face an impossible. I mean, the, the Israelis anyway face uh, impossible choices in a lot of cases because uh, the terrorists are using civilians as like human, human shields. shields. And, yes,
3: and you they, know. they always have. Uh, Hamas is uh, – yeah you know, the the whole thing was 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 surprising i think to somebody in my position and certainly to the israelis uh, because hamas had been in uh, a, a series of negotiations with the israelis for easing off on some you know some of the uh, more restrictive uh, laws about the gaza mm-hmm. but um you know the, uh, the my first thought and i think the first thought of a lot of people on my spot was that this was you know, this is suicidal and this could not be in Hamas's you know, interest to do this. It must be the Iranians mm. um, because the Iranians founded Hamas. They, they train their fighters and they, they supply finances to this group. And, you know, when you think about it, who who wins in a situation like this? Right. The only people that win are people that want, you know, the war to continue and for atrocity to continue. And, and so, you know, your first suspect is Iran, although I read a, a piece this morning um, and what they were talking about was, you know, w- w- what was the traffic, uh, in Iran? What was it telling us in, in terms of, you know, so what are the, what are the Iranians saying to each other? And they seemed to be as surprised as anyone else. Mm. So that could be a cover. And, and I would suspect it probably is. I suspect they did know what was going on and maybe even have masterminded it. But, um, well, we I mean, really don't know. We don't mean, know. Of course,
1: happened. Hezbollah g- and wants to get in on the action on the other side and
3: uh, you know they're shooting off a few rockets yeah. up there uh, the, the the fact is that Hezbollah doesn't have a dog in his show they they're, right. they're not allied with Hamas except in very general right. kinds now, of ways and 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 I think you know having seen what what Israel's reaction is likely to be, Hezbollah is unlikely to uh, they don't have the numbers for one they don't have the numbers they don't have mm-hmm. the guns they don't have the uh, expertise to do the kinds of things that Hamas did mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a horrible situation, absolutely horrible. Yeah, And, um, uh, you know, we need to pray for, for Israel. We need to stand with Israel on this. They were the ones attacked. Let's not forget, you know, who did the attacking here. Um, it does seem, I think, to a lot of folks, gosh, this has gone on forever. And it mm-hmm. has gone on for a very long time. It has gone on since the foundation of the State of Israel back in... Early in 1947, they uh, declared independence successfully in 1948. And ever since, they have been attacked from all sides. Mm. Uh, we've had these brief periods of peace and so on, but remember where Israel comes from. Israel is not you know, an artificial state set up you know, simply to, you know, to, to house some refugees. These are the, uh, the, 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 uh, the folks that survived the Holocaust. Um, or they are people that went as Zionists to Israel early. And the bulk of the people that are there are there because they're seeking protection, they're seeking a place where they can be safe, they're seeking a place where they can live out their dreams um, and preserve their culture and so on and so forth, as well as welcoming people from all over the world. And if you've ever been to Israel, you know that, you know, yes, you know, uh, most Israelis are Jewish, but not all of them are, and an awful lot of people have moved to Israel for all kinds of other reasons. So... Uh, let's keep in mind that this is not, you know, the classical, you know, battle between two warring states. It just doesn't seem to settle. Right. This is a. Uh, this is not. This is not territory. This is not a battle over territory. It's not a battle over culture. It's, 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 ba- it's anti. semitism it's, it's it's a battle it's over ideals. Hard to see it any other way. Yeah. It's a very sad situation, and and we hope it's resolved soon in one way or another. Uh, with with we hope you know the minimum of civilian civilian deaths and civilian uh, tragedy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hamas I think has made it very difficult by by taking hostages and by simply killing civilians. Mm. This is this is not the kind of behavior that encourages you know sympathy. Yeah. Not much. There, uh, I don't. I don't think anybody. I, I mean, the United I, Arab, I, Arab Emirates put out a a very strongly worded statement supporting, you know, supporting the Israelis kicking the Hamas folks out. Mm. Uh, Saudi Arabia hasn't had anything to say, and of course the Iranians are saying whatever they usually say. But right, um, the UAE, you know, if you think about it, 20 years ago would have would have you know probably been. Giving money to Hamas. Mm. And they're no longer doing that. And we need to keep in mind that the last three or four presidents here in the United States have tried to broker a peace there.
1: Yeah.
3: And, and some of those efforts have paid off in, in small ways. But there is a slow turning of other Middle Eastern countries against Hamas and Hezbollah. Mm. And so you're seeing the Lebanese are not involved here. Uh, the Syrians have their own problems. But yeah, they're operating and Egypt?
1: out of Lebanon, though, aren't they?
3: well Hezbollah is is yeah. to a to a small degree yes but that's that doesn't where the mean rockets the were support coming of from the Lebanese it's, it's right. that there's nothing you can do if you've been to southern lebanon it's a, a miserable desert and mm. not many people live there
1: so what what do you think of uh, Donald Trump blaming this on president Biden
3: well, I, I think he misses the point. I, I don't think he's been watching. He said he if, if
1: the election hadn't been stolen from him, then this would have never happened.
3: Well, I don't know about that. I am, however, and you know, I, I'm probably alone in that's this. That's what but he said. I'm willing to give him some credit for some of the things that he tried to do in the Middle East as well. Mm. Every American president has taken a shot at this. And Mr. Trump took a shot at it as well and, and tried to bind up some wounds and bring some people together. And he deserves credit for that because that's not an easy job. Yeah. um i don't think it was we were on the road to solution there any more than we were on the road to solution with camp with camp david yeah. but camp david helped right Carter right. was able to bring uh the egyptians and the israelis together yeah. and get the egyptians out of the equation
1: yeah
3: um and it's 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 paid off you know a lot in years past i mean so, that
1: egyptian israeli war that was a bad one too It so, was yeah. horrible well 73
3: yeah. the yom kippur war um mm-hmm. you know but it's, it's, it's toned down tremendously in this part of the world. This is what I don't think people understand, is that you know, it seems as though war has been going on since 1948, and it has. Mm. What, what they're not seeing, I don't think, is that the major state actors are so slowly slipping to the sidelines. Egypt has decided, Jordan decided early that they didn't want any part of this. They took no. a bloody nose from the Israelis and they backed off, and, and that's been that. Uh, the Egyptians are out of the uh, equation.
1: So uh, who are the ones then that are still calling for the death of the Israeli state?
3: Well, I think you, know, you, have, it, you, you know, have the they're... one big player here, and that's Iran. Mm. You know, Iran is you know, as adamantly opposed to the existence of the state of Israel as they've ever been. Um, and part of this is for sale at home. Because what they're trying to do is to maintain what is a very fragile theocracy over there. Mm. We saw during the protests yeah. that they had to start executing their own people. Right. Or they were never going to get them out of the streets. So the Iranian people are not necessarily backing all this stuff. Yeah. But those, that's your big player. And then you have you know, Saudi Arabia. We haven't heard yeah. anything really mm. from them. No.
1: They still didn't uh, have anything to do with 9-11. <laughs> uh,
3: well, I don't think they did. Not yeah. as well, a state.
1: Probably not as a state, but somebody knew something. Linda and Laurie-Ann here with Dr. Bruce Anderson from Florida Southern College. Dr. Bruce, uh, so uh, it wasn't uh, Jim Jordan, it was nope. uh, Scalise, who uh, yeah, Steve Scalise. is nominated to be the next uh, Speaker of the House, to be the next third in line to the presidency. Mm. Uh, apparently, he does not have the votes to pass a House, uh, a floor vote.
3: Well, we'll see. Um, you know, this is one of these things that takes negotiation. Mm. Um, Jim Jordan has come down very nicely on on Steve's side and yeah. said, "You know, I didn't make it, and so we need to vote for Scalise, and mm. let's get things back to back to moving here." But um, the people the, who
1: were supporting Jordan, some of them are saying,
3: "Nope." Welp, here's the thing: <laughs> if don't they it. don't, and we don't have a speaker, then we don't have a house. Mm. And so something's got to happen here, or if nothing happens, nothing will happen, and that means that all those budget bills that need to go through—it's mm-hmm. the equivalent of a government shutdown. You have—I yeah. think it's now 32 days to uh, to close on you know a new patch over. It's something like that. Yeah, it and was you can't 45 do that days. And, a
1: they, and they passed it, yeah.
3: Yeah, you can't do it without a speaker. You can't do it without the House in operation, and that takes a speaker and a an operating and functioning rules committee. Um, the thing about Scalise is, you know, a lot of Democrats are complaining that he's so conservative, and so he, well, mm. he is conservative, but um, the bottom line is that Scalise is, a, uh, is dedicated to the institution of the House of Representatives in ways that um, that uh, Mr. Gates and some of these other bomb throwers are not. Mm. And, and should Scalise uh, make it as Speaker, he will not go in cutting deals with those folks. Um, In the end, you know, somebody may have to reach across the aisle and drag in a few Democrats and get this done. Uh, Well, it's in the interest of the Democratic Party also when you come right down to it. Um,
1: Well, I mean, it just gets me because it seems like there's so much stuff that goes on that has really nothing to do with governing.
3: It it does. Well, it has nothing to do with the – With governing,
1: with with, with taking care of uh, your constituents, with uh, doing what your people sent you there to do.
3: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is game playing. And it's game playing on a scale that we simply can't afford. Mm. Um, But what it's going to take is some compromise, I think, across the aisle. And and Scalise could, you know, he's a realistic guy. He's a pragmatist in many ways, although very conservative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether or not, you know, progressives in the Democratic Party will allow their partisans that are toward the center to move toward you know, some sort of an agreement, I, I don't know. Mm. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You yeah. know, you can't let six, seven people keep you from functioning as a government. That's absurd.
1: Well, I think you told me that it took uh, 15 votes for McCarthy to be approved.
3: It took 15 iterations of the House vote, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took him 15 times casting ballots to elect him. And each so this time could, could he backed farther and farther and farther into a corner. Mm. where he was basically saying, well, if you don't like me, you can fire me at any time. And that's what they did. Yeah, And it was in the hands of basically six people. That's an absurd See, situation. how does
1: that help? I mean, how does that even work, though, well, are, when it's a majority are, rules type situation?
3: Well, because they, they didn't have a majority. Mm. They didn't have a majority. They only have a five-seat margin, right, as a majority in the House. And that so means that—
1: I also found it very interesting you know, that uh, all of the Democrats uh, voted with— the furthest right Republicans.
3: Well, that's because they were also irritated with uh, with McCarthy. And mm. McCarthy had done them no favors and did not move to try and come to a compromise. Mm. He was trying to show the people on his right that he was uncompromising and working with Democrats, although the last patch over was passed with Democratic and Republican votes. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, this this beating of the chest, you know, by some of these men is just absurd. Yeah, I don't I, get no. it. I don't get it. For 334 million people in this country, 435 members of the House, yeah. 100 members of the Senate, and you're letting six people run this yeah. country? Well,
1: I, I just thought it was ironic that uh, Matt Gaetz— uh, blame mccarthy for working with the democrats but he he couldn't have got mccarthy out had (laughs) he not worked with the democrats
3: worked with the democrats yeah right that's true Mm. absolutely
1: ironic isn't it
3: Uh, ugly uh
1: thank you very much for being with us you Uh, bet dr bruce we appreciate you we appreciate you this is a great place hello and here's what's happening around central florida The Polk Museum of Art is pleased to announce the opening of its latest exhibition, Remembering Vilna, the Holocaust and the Art of Samuel Bach. The exhibit's on view now through January 7th, 2024. Featuring nearly 30 paintings in the museum's Dorothy Jenkins Gallery, this powerful exhibition uses Bach's personal history as a child of the Holocaust as a jumping-off point to explore universal themes of conflict, resilience and hope, the consequences of prejudice and persecution, and the necessity of preserving historical memory for future generations. Bach's early life was marked by the trauma of Soviet and Nazi occupation of his hometown and his experiences in the Vilna Ghetto, forced labor camps, and hiding in a convent to escape discovery by the Nazis. Make sure you see this exhibition. It's now through January 7th at the Pope Museum of Art at Florida Southern College in the Dorothy Jenkins Gallery. The museum's at 800 Palmetto Street in Lakeland near the Main Branch Library. And that's what's happening around Central Florida.
0: And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next Sunday for Polk County This Week.
1: Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.